Welcome to the Holistic Warrior Life Podcast, a podcast dedicated to those who want to live a life fully charged with health, abundance, and love, and a place for you to unleash your inner holistic warrior and thrive in all areas of your life, mind, body, and soul. Come join me and my guests each week as we talk about what it means to truly thrive despite your health diagnosis, your current circumstances in all areas of your life, so that you can stay motivated, inspired, and walk away with some tangible tools to use every single day. This isn't your highlight reel. It is the raw, real, and gritty gray areas of what it means to be a holistic warrior. It is never too late to live the life that you've dreamed of. Your time is now. Who am I? I'm your host, Tanya Jane Marias Vaz, a woman of many capes, some of which include being a wife to a wonderful man who is my rock and my love, mom to an intuitive and spirited three-year-old boy, best-selling author, certified Reiki master, and a self-expression and holistic energy coach. I'm also the founder of my two brand babies, the Holistic Warrior Life Co. and Warrior Life Creative Co. I'm a health, wellness, and mindset junkie who is obsessed with helping people step into their fullest expression and reclaim control of their health. I believe that no dream is ever out of reach and that your success is non-negotiable. As long as you're committed to it and as long as you move forward with pure intent and inspired and messy action. So, you ready? Let's do this thing. All right. Hello, 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 holistic warriors, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tanya Jane Rias Vaz, and today I have a treat for you. I don't know how else to sum it up, but she is a friend, a mentor a powerhouse mama and entrepreneur. I have the beautiful and wonderful Carrie Keating, who is a business and growth coach. She is a podcast host of the Work Hard Mom Hard podcast, a speaker and mama to three boys. She has had a 17-year career in corporate America where she cultivated skills in the areas of business strategy, sales, and storytelling, and has worked for companies such as Nike, Quicksilver, Lululemon, and other major retailers. It was right after Carrie had her second baby where she became an accidental entrepreneur when she started using health and wellness products that she loved and launched herself into the network marketing industry. While managing growing her network marketing business and motherhood, Carrie found herself struggling to find clarity in the chaos and hired her first business coach. It was in that interaction that she realized that all of the business acumen she developed over the years could be used to help other entrepreneurs just like her coach was helping her. Um, launch, grow, and scale their businesses. Carrie then launched her coaching business and has now worked with clients ranging from network marketers, coaches, photographers, recording artists, and many more. But she is most passionate about working with entrepreneurs who want to create a business and brand that lasts. She is incredibly passionate about helping women step into their purpose, ignite their passion, and truly expand into the women they are called to be. And it is such an honor to have you here on the show today, Carrie. I am... I'm humbled that you came on the show. It's truly, it's amazing. And I'm so excited for all that you have to share. Oh my gosh. I love you so much. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here and sharing this space with you and your listeners. I feel so incredibly blessed. Thank you so much. I'm I'm pretty much fangirling right now because (laughs) I had a list of like dream podcast guests and you were like on there and I'm like, hmm. She'll say yes, and then we just of course I would and being friends, <laughs> and this is beautiful. Um, yes. What I'm gonna do right now is just do a little bit of rapid fire. I know we talked about this before, but I genuinely do not know what comes out of my mouth for these. Like, awesome. I should put a disclaimer in my intro for the podcast, but <laughs> it's supposed to be fun and lighthearted. I don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth half the time, so you're in good company. <laughs> Oh, well, to start with, whereabouts are you from? I am from a little surf town in Southern California, North County, San Diego, called Encinitas. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. It, I, well, I lived here for most of my life, and then I moved to Oregon for eight years. Yeah. And um, really, it, I, there was a time where I, like, 72 degrees and sunny got really old, which is crazy. Oh. 
Cause I never, I never saw seasons and I never, it yeah. makes so much sense that I wanted to be more in tune with the cycle of nature and the yeah. moon and everything else. So I needed that kind of physical representation of it. But now moving back, we just moved back here in August to be closer to family and everything else. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. So much. I'm like, <laughs> I love the sunshine, especially with three kids, three boys who want to play outside all the time. It makes such a difference. It does. Toronto's almost always cold. So when yeah. it is nice and sunny or like seven degrees here, it's like, yay, spring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my next question for you is what do you love most about the work that you do? Oh, that's a really good question. So I'm a business strategist. Like my gift is really to be able to take someone who has 20 different ideas and give them a, a way to monetize and really turn, um, really turn their ideas into a business plan. And so I love that part of it. Um, and it's really easy for me, but my favorite part about what I do is really helping the women who I help and men uh, overcome the stuff that yeah. comes up when they are truly stepping into the work, when they start to build the business and we notice, okay, this is how my fear shows up. I procrastinate or I self-sabotage in this way or whatever else. So it's like, I'm a, I'm a business strategist, but I am a mindset coach, a clarity. I mean, I don't even know what to call myself. I yeah. change my Instagram handle all the time. I'm like business and growth coach, business and mindset coach. I'm super into epigenetics and neuroscience and really rewiring the patterns that we have and um, becoming a completely different human being in the process. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I like, I, I, I freaking love everything that I do. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Then, you, you said so many good things in there that I just want to, I don't want to dive into them right now, but I do yeah. want to get into them once we get to the meat of this episode. So yes. I love that. And I mean, the fact that you find fulfillment in all of those areas and when you work with people that you help and it's inspiring. So I'm, Oh, so thank you. <laughs> it wasn't always this way, which I know yeah. we're going to get into my story, but yes. Yeah. My next favorite question for you is, do you have a favorite food apart from tacos? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my, just a disclaimer. <laughs> it's so funny. People send me taco memes all the time. My dog's name is Taco and it's like a Bernese mountain dog. It makes no oh. sense, but I was just like, I'm naming my dog Taco. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of Mexican food, but I love, yeah. I, I was out with some girlfriends last night. And I was like, I will eat all the things. Like I will literally try all the things. I love a lot of flavor. I love diversity. I love spices. I love all of it. So, um, Mexican food is definitely my favorite, but I will chow down on Thai food, Indian. I mean, all of, all of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And some good like hot chips or fries, like you can't go wrong with those either. Oh, yeah. So fries are awesome. Fries are awesome. Oh yeah. man. My next question for you is since, you know, you've been in this personal development space for a while and you've been at some very, very exciting events where you've been a speaker and so on. Um, what has been the most impactful book that you've read to date? Oh, wow. That's a big question. The most impactful book that I've read to date. Um, you know, the universe has your back by Gabby Bernstein was, uh, that was one, like one of the first books that I picked up in regard in, <laughs> on this, my like current evolution of my spiritual journey. Yeah. Um, there's been so many books. I'm like a huge fan of Joe Dispenza. I'm a huge fan, like Peter Kelly's earth is hiring, but the universe has your back. I could digest it. It wasn't like over. It's very much like race. Rachel Hollis's book you know, girl, wash your face. It's like super digestible for people who are not necessarily like super into the spiritual, um, conversation quite yet. <coughs> and, um, so I, I really, there was a, there was just a couple nuggets specifically like ha uh, the idea of having number one, like anchoring into a meditation practice or some sort of practice to ground yourself. Yeah. And then number two is being willing to, and open to asking for help in particularly like using signs. And so there's something, you know, Gabby talks about how she was like going to buy a house and 
she couldn't, um, she couldn't uh, find the right house and whatever it was. And she decides like, okay, I'm going to ask for a sign the next time I'm in a house and it like totally is it. Uh, I want to see an owl. And so uh, in the book, it's like, okay, pick a sign. And my sign has like from that day has been an Eagle for some yeah. weird reason. And I'm not even joking you. <laughs> like <laughs> I, anytime I ask for it, it shows up. It literally shows up. And it's not like I actually see a bald eagle. It'll be yeah. like, I was joking with my good friend, Tori Doobie. We were getting on an airplane and we were having this same conversation. And I got on the plane before her and literally the woman in front of me had, and I got upgraded to first class. I totally manifested this amazing experience. Yeah. And the woman in front of me had some sort of like, Eagle Creek backpack. And I like took a photo of it and I was like, see, I'm telling you, like <laughs> they're always helping me. But it was, you know, the overarching theme of that is really that there are, there are people, not people, there are, there are forces that are what call them spirits, call them guides, call them, you know, God, whatever you want to call them, whatever you identify with that higher source energy that are conspiring to help you. Yeah. And you can always tap into them and ask for help. And so that book was really powerful because it started laying a foundation of my now spiritual uh, uh, experience and my spiritual soundness and my spiritual knowingness that I am always supported. Yes. No, that is so beautiful. And I will list that book in the show notes as well for the listeners in there. And how many questions was that? That's like four. <laughs> I think it was I like three know. or four. Yeah. Three, four. I'm going I'm to wrap it up with okay. a fun one. If you had to travel to any place in the world, where would it be? Um, I really want to go to Australia. Yeah. I haven't been to Australia. I've been to a lot of places, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Europe, a lot of Scandinavia, um, you know, in the Mediterranean, things like that. But, uh, I would really love to go to Australia. I have not been to Australia. That's gorgeous. You probably will need at least a good month or two months to just kind of like, cause I, people think it's small. It's not really small. It's no. the beauty of it is it has varying temperatures throughout yeah. the whole continent or country in, the, in one. So it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. The only thing I'd be scared of is the insects and the snakes. Cause I'm not a fan of that, but <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know if there's insects <laughs> or snakes, but I do know that it, I don't know, I have a lot of friends there, clients, yeah. and like, um, and, and I, I don't know, my, my I, like, I, I feel geographical pulls are real, and so, uh, like, there's something in me that's like, you need to get to Australia, you sure. need to get off to Australia, so, um, I mean, there's so many other places, Machu Picchu, uh, like, all of the places, Thailand, um, so, yeah. See, that's California for me. Like the pull has always been California and then Come on down. like I think those are the two places in the world, like polar different spectrums, but yeah. Very similar language and very similar food. So yeah, <laughs> I've always gravitated towards that. But, hey, you never know. That's but amazing. That being said, thank you so much for doing that. That was oh, of course. Fun. And I'm going to dive right into it. Carrie, what got you to where you're at right now? Like you're this beautiful powerhouse. Like, I don't know how to even like put it into words. It's there's grace, there's strength. There's, you know, you tell it like it is, but you have all this love and you have the spirituality intertwined. How did you get to this point in your journey? Like, what's your story? Okay. Well, I will start by saying it has not been a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> It has not been a straight line like, oh, I was born and then I showed up here. It has been very like windy and moments where I almost fell off cliffs and um, it's, been, it's been a crazy, crazy story. But um, I'll start when I was four years old. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. But um, when I was four years old, my father left his really high paying sales job and decided that he would, uh, they, he got offered a job in Chicago and my parents had moved from New Jersey to California to get away oh, from the wow. snow. And so he's like, I don't want to go, like, I want to be a VP of this company. He had done really, really well for himself. And he's like, I want to be a VP, but I don't want to move to Chicago. And you know yeah. what? He was at like a fork in the road. It, I was four. So he was 34. Yeah. Um, and he decided to leave his high paying sales job to become, to follow his passion of serving others. He had been very involved in the church and he became a minister, a pastor oh, wow. of a non-denominational non Christian yeah. church. So the kind of church is like you wear flip-flops too. And it's like awesome. And oh, people are singing rock music and, <laughs> and all it. that. And at four years old, I saw my dad stand on the pulpit, stand on the stage and use his words 
his actions, his belief, and his certainty to ignite change in other people. People would come see him and he would deliver a message that wasn't his, right? It was divinely inspired and it came through him and he would use his human body to deliver that message and, uh, you know, and, and amplify it with his belief and his certainty and all of these things. And at four years old, I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to do. That yeah. is what I'm supposed to do right there. Whatever's happening. Like at four, <laughs> like who, uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I knew, but so I was really attracted to leadership from a very, very young age. Every sport I played, I wanted to be captain. Every, uh, everything I did, I was ASB president. I was always yeah. like trying to get into a leadership role. Cause I'm like, yeah. okay, he's a leader. That's, that's what attra- I'm attracted to. Let's, you know, I'm just going to plug myself in very unconsciously, subconsciously, you know, yeah. consciously, but yeah. subconsciously. It's like, I, I, I knew that I wanted to be a leader and I was attracted to that, that space. Um, so I, I became a leader in everything that I was doing and part of being a child of a minister, um, we, I was one of four kids. So I was number three, <laughs> I had two brothers and a sister. Um, there was a ton of chaos. My mom had four kids in five years. There was a ton of chaos. Yeah. Everything was really loud. I have 29 first cousins, 50 cousins wow. altogether on one side. Like our Christmases is like a hundred people. And you know, in that kind of situation, it was so full of love. Like, so I'm so grateful for my family and my upbringing, but if you wanted to be heard, you had to be loud. And so I found my voice at a very young age and also like my ego at a very young age. And so (laughs) couple that with this wanting to be a leader and everything else, and also being a big tomboy and wanting to prove my brothers wrong. Um, you know, I started as I kind of grew up and went through elementary school and junior high school, I I recognized one that we didn't have a ton of money because my dad was a minister and they don't make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a private school because my mom worked at the private school to get us free tuition. And, um, I went to private school and all my friends had really nice things, like really nice things. They all lived in McMansions. They all had really nice things. And I felt like, you know, at 13 years old, I'm like, well, shoot, I want nice things. Yeah. So I started working. I started working at 13 and, um, I loved working. I loved making money. I loved being like meeting crazy people. I worked in retail. I loved like the whole transaction of helping people. And so I started my career at 13 years old and I worked through high school, all through high school. If I wasn't playing a sport, I was working, um, all through college, I was working full time. And then right out of college, I just got like super plugged into corporate America and, um, always stayed in kind of like the sales and retail, like corporate retail function. So working for massive companies on either sales or buying, um, or marketing. So But in that, that like desire for leadership, like was always, always in me. And so instead of seeing, like, I I just saw myself running a boardroom. That's what, that's what, that's how it translated for me. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to go be a minister, right? But I'm going to go run the boardroom. And it was, um, so that was my dream. Like most girls were dreaming about like Barbies and boys. (laughs) And I was dreaming about being like Allie McBeal in a power suit. And, um, (laughs) and so I was just like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to go for it. And, you know, some, some turn twists and turns and all of the things. And I found myself, um, working for Nike and what many would consider a dream job. Um, Scott and I had, uh, had Will, so my oldest and, you know, all the while that I was growing up and kind of coming into my womanhood, I would look at females in a leadership position and it's so different now, but this is like 10, 15 years ago when it was, I mean, and especially like I've been in the action sports industry. So surf, skate, snow, it is a boys club. Like there are not a lot of women, successful women. And so I was always out to like prove people wrong. Right. Um, I was always out to like be better than, um, in -hmm. business. And so, um, I got to the space you know, during, or during that time, I would look at other women who were older than me who had children. And I would ask them like, listen, how do you do this? Like, I know that I want to be a mom, but I don't know how I'm going to do that while also like trying to run a company. Like I just doesn't compute for me. And so, um, I would, I would, I would fact find, I would get information and I was just like, well, I I know I want to work. Like that is what I want to do, but I don't want to be a stay at home mom. No way. 
like that to me in my head, it's, it was just like, that was not an option. Like, no, I worked too hard to get where I am and all of that. And so I I had my first son and we plugged him into daycare at Nike. They have an amazing daycare facility. I was making great money, but I started, I I, um, got pregnant with my second son. So I had two boys in two years. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. And I take a four, I took a short four month maternity leave with him. And I remember going back to work going like, really, this is it. Oh my gosh. I'm paying $30,000 a year in childcare. Yep. I'm freaking exhausted. Yep. I'm super time poor. I, I work for one of the largest athletic corporations in the world. I stare at a gym from my office and I don't have the time to get to the gym because all my extra time is pumping or going to the nursery or, um, trying to catch up on work. Yeah. And it was just like, I lost myself. And so, um, I started asking some different questions. I started Googling like stay at home mom jobs. I started Googling, um, you know, how to start a blog. I did that for like five seconds. Um, you know, I just started thinking like, well, maybe I could open up a sales agency or start my own business. Like I'd always thought I would own my own business. I just didn't know what it looked like. And for the time being, I just plugged myself into the corporate America paradigm. Like I business plans for, for stores and all of these things. And so um, fast forward to make a long story longer. Um, you know, my sister-in-law came to visit me from New Jersey and she walked in the door. We had babies at the same time and my jaw literally hit the floor. And I was like, bitch, why'd you get skinny without me? Like, (laughs) like what the heck did you do? And she's like, Oh, you know, that thing Ali's always talking about on social media, on Facebook, you know, I did that. I did that cleanse. And I was just like, no way. I hit her two years ago because her positivity, I'm just over it. You know, it's like, I'm sure most of you are nodding your head. Like if you know any network marketers who are just like all in it, you know, it's like, I was, I just like muted her on Facebook. Yeah. And so Um, I, I ended up because I was just in such a space of wanting to feel in control again. Um, I ended up trying the products and loving them. I had an amazing physical and mental and emotional transformation within the first, you know, five days. And there's uh, really amazing things about the products I was using with, with isogenics and I still use them today, but, um, it was, it was more that I had taken control. I had taken control back and that's what it felt like. Like someone gave me back the driver's seat or put me back in the driver's seat. And so as with any network marketing company, you know, I just started for the products. I just wanted to start using the products, but I had also seen success in people around me. Um, specifically the woman that I had told you about that was, uh, that had, I had shut off on Facebook. She had left her corporate career, um, because she was doing so well. She was in advertising in New York. And so I was like, wow, okay. Social proof that this is actually not a pyramid scheme (laughs) and not, not fake, you know, like you can actually do this. I just didn't understand it. So I just became an accidental entrepreneur because everyone was asking me, noticing like, what are you doing? And so I would just help people get started and earn an incredible commission and, um, started earning a residual income. And I'm like, what the heck is residual income? And when I found out, like when I really understood the compensation plan, I couldn't sleep. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have the potential to number one, help people get incredibly healthy with products that I believe in. And number two, make an incredible income with no cap. Um, yeah, buy Nike, I'm out. And so I made a really great income, like right off the bat and came home, came home to be with my kids. And I know I'm, I'm, this is a really long story, but, um, I came home to be with my kids. I, I, I thought long and hard about it. I, um, I, you know, I was just like, I think I'm ready to let go of this career and I'm just ready to go in full force on this network marketing thing because I see the vision. I see where it can go. So I came home and, um, within the first three months, it was chaos. I was just, I had been, been so used to, uh, working nine to five, plugging in and having a boss and all of the things. And I just did not, I felt like a fish out of water. I didn't know how to organize my time. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do anything other than, you know, and part of me was like, I kind of just want to hang with my kids. (laughs) Um, like I just want to go to the zoo. I just want to go to the, it was the summertime. I'm like, I just want to travel. I just want to do all of these things that I haven't been able to do because I've been working for so long. And, um, it was three months after I left that I got pregnant with my third baby and Austin. So I had three boys under the age of three and a half. Will was three and a half when I was, um, when I gave birth to Austin and, um, I, you know, I, I kept plugging away at my network marketing business and all of that. And I got to a space where I'm like, 
okay, I need help. And unfortunately, the position that I was in, I didn't really have great mentorship in my, um, the pe- with the people who I enrolled with. So my upline, it's called in network marketing. Yeah. So I outsourced my mentorship. I'm like, I love leadership. I need someone to pour belief into me. I need someone to help me navigate and all this stuff. And so I hired my first mentor and we worked maybe two sessions in and she's like, Carrie, you are so, you have so much skill in the areas of business and strategy and all of this stuff. Why are you not helping people? And this was like three and a half years ago. So like online marketing was a thing. Online businesses were a thing, but not like what they are today. Everyone's trying to do this. Um, and I was just like, you know, when I don't have a website and I don't have a fancy piece of paper with a certification on it saying I could be a coach, you know, cause I did, I'm like, I'm a life coach. Is that what I'm going to do? I don't know. And she's like, do me a favor, just put a post on Facebook and see what happens. And so that's what I did. And the next day I had two paying clients and I was like, okay, there's something here. And I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, not whatsoever, like no idea. I was just like helping people and I was a therapist and all that stuff. But I was able to serve them in a way that gave me enough feedback that like, okay, I need to have a framework. I need yeah. to have a, I need to have something to, to help me like really make sure I'm getting people to where they want to go. And so I use the feedback from those first two clients to inform my next move. And then I would get more clients and I would use that feedback to inform my next move. And then I would get more clients and then use that feedback to inform my next move. And so what I'm really passionate about now is helping people understand that the best way to build a business and a brand that really lasts is to just get started and get the feedback and let the feedback from your clients and the interaction that you're having with the people that you serve inform what your next move is, inform what your, your website should look like and all that stuff. And so but I, 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 I've got only gotten to this message because I've done the work, yeah. right? And so, um, so yeah, and in that, obviously, like when you become an entrepreneur, you don't really have mentorship. And so the personal development piece and this kind of spiritual piece has been woven throughout. It's been like the golden thread throughout my entire experience because I had a lot of things holding me back. I had a really unhealthy money story. Um, I left corporate America and came home and we did not change our lifestyle. Like we were two multiple six figure incomes and came home to a really great side hustle income. And we didn't change. We were traveling. We were doing the things. We had a nice house and nice cars and all of these things. And the next thing you know, we, we had never had credit card debt before in our lives. And we were $40,000 in debt and like essentially living paycheck to paycheck because we had such high credit card payments. And I was like, wait, how did we get here? What? Um, but that experience was so necessary because there was a lot of things that I had to heal and lessons I had to learn in that process so that when the abundance has come to me now, I just know what to do with it and I'm super intentional with it. And so, um, like I, I always say life is working for you. It's not happening to you. And I feel that on every single level. So I know that was very all over the place, but that's really been my like super swervy line to where I am today and the clarity and conviction that I have today because I just got started. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I didn't have a marketing plan when I'm, when I was coaching, like when I started coaching, it's like, I just, I just put a post out there and I I will say too, because I'm sure some of some people in the audience are like, well, I'm doing that. Like maybe they're health coaches or whatever it is. Um, you know, you, you launch your, you launch your business on social media and you think like, well, I put a post out there and nobody bit, nobody reached out, nobody said anything. So why, what makes Carrie different than me? If she puts a post out there and gets two paying clients, the difference was that I already had an audience full of my ideal client. Yeah. And so many of us like start a business or like start something and we go out and we launch it. And it's like, it's just your mom and your sister and your uncle Jerry, um, who are friends with on Facebook. So they're not your ideal client. They're not going to buy from you, but because I was in the network marketing space already having an, uh, uh, an audience, you know, I think maybe I had a thousand followers on Instagram. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't anything crazy, but they were actively engaging with me. We were having conversations about network marketing and about all these other things. And so it made a ton of sense when I started offering mentorship, yeah. um, 
they were, there was already my ideal client in my audience. And so I always say to people like, okay, if you did, if you did the cricket posts where you just like post it out there, cause a lot of people will do that post and then never do anything again. They're like, yeah. Oh, my business failed because I posted it and no one's listening. Um, number one, consistency compounds, but number two, you have to start like really getting clear on who your ideal client is and making sure they're actually in your audience. So you have absolutely. people to sell to. No, absolutely. And you know, there's so I like the whole time when you're talking, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, she, we have so much more in common than I even realized. A, I have an uncle named Jerry. So that's, why oh. I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I love him to death. He's one of my favorite uncles ever. And quite frankly, the only uncle that I keep in touch with from my dad's side. But, you know, like there's so much, like I saw myself in your story, like for a large part of it. And it's, it's true. Like when you come from a large family or if you come from a home where like in my home, there were, it was, there was always dysfunction. There was always the fights and the verbal abuse. And like it wasn't always all bad, but the bad overpowered whatever minuscule good moments there were, it's like, you have to fight to be heard. Like even today, sometimes my spouse will tell me like, why are you talking so loudly? Like, why can't you just, you know, talk about this in a normal voice? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not loud. And he's like, Tanya, he's like, it's not your fault. Like you had to be loud in order to be heard or be Mm -hmm. whatever. But he's like, it's not that way anymore. And like, that's my story that I'm trying to flip around in my head and it's still a work in progress, but yeah. There's so much more. And even like the whole part of spirituality and signs, like business and spirituality are so interwoven. Like it Mm. isn't even funny. Like when I was younger and I would go see my grandma in India, we would have all these, like all of these business owners and their shop owners, like they would have a picture of like their religious God or whatever you believe in. And they would have an amulet here or like incense burning there. And like, they'd have all these rings with gemstones. And my mom's like, Oh yeah, that's just business. I'm like, what does that mean? Like from a young age, I always gravitated towards stuff like that. And I'm like, but Mm. why, why is it like that? Like they pick numbers. You have to launch on this day or like the sun has to be here when you're doing this. And it was all of these things. And now that I'm in business myself, I understand that. And it's, you know, little by little, the signs in your life lead you to where you want to be. And I love that you, you just were looking for this control and it's like God or the universe gave you that sign in the form of your sister-in-law. Like, here you go. Here's mm-hmm. your answer through the form of network marketing. Mm-hmm. Like I started out. Yeah. Like three years ago, I jumped into network marketing um, for the products. Like, so I jumped into Arbon. Now i never, ever went as gung ho with Arbon. Could I have done it? Probably. Did I do it? No, but that was also because of a lack of self-belief. I had a fear of sales. I didn't even stand at my worth. I think for almost up until this year, like the last four months have been incredibly transformational. It's like, it's been very uncomfortable and it's been very painful and it's been in a good way, but it's still been all this growth that should have happened in the last three years. It's happening now. And my head's like, hold on, I need to catch up. Like, where am I going? And I, I'm sorry, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> all I was going to say was that like, you know, I always tell people like, yeah, I didn't because people have told me, oh, you started Arbon, you launched your photography that I was pregnant with my firstborn that same summer, three years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, all I knew was that there has to, I always wanted to own my own business. Even as a kid, mm-hmm. I would, I know we talked about this on your podcast. Like I always knew, I don't want to be like mom and dad. I don't want to be office people. I don't want to go to the office. Like, yeah. You're going to have to do that. Like find a yeah. way that works for you for a little bit. But I know my big picture was always to help people, empower them, be a leader. Um, if I look back at my photographs as a kid, I was always public speaking. I used to compete for public speaking. I used to do singing competitions. I used to help people rescue stray dogs and cats who would then just end up following me home anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's like God will give you your calling from Mm -hmm. a very young age. And like, you have to identify that or like, you know, fortunately, like you were blessed enough to identify it at the age of four. Um, For me, like I always knew what I wanted to do. It's just, you don't always get there right away. It's the twists and turns, like you said. So yeah, I found that things beautiful. 
Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So one of the, and I love, I love this conversation that we're having because it it is so powerful when we share our stories in such a vulnerable way. And they're just like open to sharing like all, all the bits and pieces because other people can see in themselves in us. And it, it gives people permission to be like, Oh, okay. I'm not crazy and I'm not alone and all of that. But one of the things that I love so much about this idea of signs and you know, aligning yourself with some sort of system that like gives you like, like if, if we, if we talk about science, like uh, kind of on the surface level, but like underneath that in the soil, like what we're yeah. really talking about is belief. What yes. we're really talking about, cause those signs, what they do is they just kind of like give us a little bit like ignition on the belief that we have. So if it's a sign, if it's a, like my kids carry around little blankies that make them feel oh. safe, it's the same kind of thing, right? That's what signs, I have this mom with this conversation with my mom about crystals. Cause she's like, why do you have crystals? And I'm like, it's the same thing. Like they bring me back to earth. They are like a security blanket. They help me build belief. Like there, it's just, it's just a way for us to, uh, build our belief muscle because here's the thing. The only way you create true and lasting momentum in any single thing that you do is being certain about what you're doing and where you're going. Yeah. Even if it's wrong, because there is no failure. Like the fact that you started our bond and stop, you didn't fail. There's no failure. There's only it feedback. Left- it led me to like, that's how I met my then publisher. And that's how I actually got published. And that's how I met Sabrina. Like if I hadn't gone through Mm -hmm. that, I wouldn't be doing the things I would be doing right now. I mean, maybe I would have, but not in the span that I'm doing them right now. Yeah. So I I still love the products. I still use them. It's one of those, I just know that it's not for me. Like I just want so much more than just that, but that was like my foundation of like, oh my gosh, I just need to be surrounded by positivity and I need to yeah. be surrounded by people that understand healthy and like that just want to, I don't know, want more for their life. Um, yeah, I was yeah. that person that was probably muted by a lot of her friends and family, like, oh, you're so positive, mute on Facebook. So, now I just I don't care because it's like I'm connecting. I tell people I literally work on social media. Like that is part of having an online business today. Mm -hmm. Like you have to get comfortable with it. I wasn't comfortable with it for two or three years because I cared about what everyone around me and their mom and dad thought. And I didn't get anywhere. But now four months for the last four months, I really don't give a shit. And it's not that you don't care, but there's a way to keep things classy, but still be vulnerable, but still show up as yourself. And I'm understanding that more and more. And surrounding yourself with people that get it or where you want to be is, has been huge for me. So, Oh yeah. Never take advice from broken and happy people ever. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you like it really seriously, you guys like that, that was, a, that was something I learned very early on. It's like, if some don't take advice from someone who's not happy with where they're at either take yeah. advice from someone who is where you want to go or who is on their way there. Like that is the best thing that you can do. Something else that you said, um, during that conversation that's coming through for me right now is this idea of like being really afraid. Um, there was something, I don't know if it was about Arbonne or what it was. You were like, I was just afraid. Like there were, I like was, uh, there was, I had fear. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things that my friend, the amazing Karen Kenny said, um, to me not that long ago, um, on a, it, it was at an event. She's like, when you're in fear, it means that you are relying on your own strength. Because if you know that you are fully supported and that there is no failure, there's only feedback, then you're not relying on your own strength. So anytime I'm like, I'm afraid, it just means that like, I'm thinking that I'm the one that's going to overcome it, but I believe in a higher power. And so that higher power is going to help guide me. And I know and trust that I'm being guided to where I need to be. Yeah. No, I love that. And you know what? Oh my gosh, like I have to share this. So last, I know you know a lot more about the happenings of my life. And so like last October when I left the bank, I, it's like this thing, like your gut will try to warn you and like tell Mm. you like it's, it doesn't sit well, but I still did it anyways, because I also felt like I couldn't be in that space, in that environment any longer. I love the team. I love the people that I worked with, I'm still in touch with them. Like we're great friends, but I just couldn't do that role anymore just because it, it wasn't working and it's not where I want to be. Um, and it didn't fit with my life. So I left to do something else, but then that something else felt even worse. Cause I'm like, shit, what did I sign up for? Like I signed Mm -hmm. up to do my own thing. 
but I wasn't doing my own thing. I was still shackled to something else. And I say shackled because it felt like that. Um, but I also didn't own myself. I didn't own my own power and the whatever gifts it is that I know I have. I just didn't step up mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, where was I going with this? There's a method to this madness. Just <laughs> <But laughs> like, around fear and like yeah. how probably, I mean, intuitively, I'm like, yeah, you were probably using that job as a way to kind of hold yourself back from- I was, because I was afraid of it. And like in yeah. January and stuff, when things kind of just went all- haywired apart I literally was afraid and not because of anything else but because I was like shit like why didn't I trust myself sooner like why did Mm -hmm. I not listen to myself sooner and then this time I had a contract um, with a great company it was nine to five downtown all like convenient all of that Um, was it exhausting sure but you know you do what you got to do when you're pushed against a wall for your family Mm -hmm. and And I'm gonna say this in business and in health you do Mm -hmm. what you need to do when your back is up against a wall and uh, I wasn't afraid they ended my contract early but I wasn't afraid because the week before that happened so right after Easter weekend I don't know if anyone else felt this energetically but there was a fog. Like every person that I talked to was like, I don't know what's happening. It's mm-hmm. the last week of April. I have no clue what's going on. I would come home from work and I'd be in bed at seven in the, in the night. I'd be like, that's it. I'm calling it a day. I don't want dinner. I'm just in pain. And mm-hmm. I think I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this client's work to get done and I have this to do and I have this launch coming up and I got to create content. I got to be a mom. I got to do these things. God help me. Where, like, when am I going to do this? Please just send me a sign. Like, I'm listening. Help me. Guide me. Like, and then the week got over. My fog lifted because I had, like, a shoot the following week. I go into work on the Monday, and they give us news, like, oh, things are a little bit slow. We don't know if we're going to renew you guys' contract yet, but we don't know yet. And I'm like, huh? And then on the last day of April, they literally let us go. They're like, okay, like we're going to pay out for this week, but there's no more work. And I'm like, okay, I know I just asked for this last week, but you know, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, thanks God. I'm listening. And I wasn't afraid. I genuinely wasn't afraid. Like right now I'm not afraid. I'm still doing the work and I'm still doing stuff on my, working on my business, looking for other jobs, but I had to flip that script. Like mm-hmm. that you are supported and you're going to get there when you need to get there. And I love that you are so in tune with your spirituality and like you weave that into business because I often find a lot of business coaches, even health coaches to take this back to like, even a lot of the listeners that I have are women here who either have hormonal imbalances or have been told mm-hmm. that they can't have children or you have X, Y, and Z wrong with you. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, yeah. I understand, like, I'm not, I'm not a doctor and I'm not, you know, there is an unexplainable infertility like all of those things do happen but I like my zone of genius is helping people feel empowered you're a woman first mm-hmm. you are worthy as a human being like your job is not to pop out babies all the time or your job is not defined by your title of being a mom or a wife or whatever else it is like you still have you what are your desires what are your passions and I find when these women heal their self-worth like I did things move for you they mm-hmm. move for you a lot quicker so yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. The fact that you have control over how you be right, mm-hmm. like how you are. And the more that we can release expectations and things like that, the, the easier it is. Like I always say without resistance, there is only opportunity. Yeah. Like when I was given my diagnosis, people told me like, you can't have kids and you can't la la la. And people would tell me when I was a teen, oh, your parents are divorced. Who's going to marry you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure if this happens in Caucasian households or cultures in North America, but I know in the South Asian community, divorce is like a no-no. If there's abuse, don't even talk about it. It's okay. Just, you know, show Mm -hmm. up, smile, pull the rug over everything. And so my parents weren't like that. My, My dad... And my mom, they went their separate ways eventually, like, and things fell apart. But I think that was probably the best thing that could have happened for all parties involved. Yeah. Because staying together was not healthy. And yeah. it, I was told you'll never get married or you'll never finish school. Like when your own parent tells you that you're never going to finish school or you're going to end up like your mom or you're going to like, it's just all these things. You're never going to do X, Y, and Z. I think at that very young age, I was like, nope, watch me. Like when someone tells me I can't do something, it's this push or fight inside of me that's like, nope, watch me. 
Like, well, and we like the words only are what they are, whatever we give them meaning. Like, yeah. <laughs> that didn't come out right. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's just words. And nine times out of 10, it's projections of other people's insecurities. I know. I know. Actually, 10 times out of 10, it's yeah. always projections of other people's insecurities. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I have learned, I have built that muscle so strong because I have had in, in, in this line of work where you do kind of go spiritual and business and you're, you're, you know, I'm, I'm really taking a stand for what's right for me. And not everyone understands that. Yeah. And I don't have to explain myself and I don't feel like I need to explain myself anymore. It's just like, no, I'm making this decision and this is what's right for me. Obviously I'll loop my husband in and my kids and yeah. I'll do what's right for our family. <laughs> but, uh, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't, I don't owe anyone else an explanation yeah. because they'll see the fruit of that in my work and they'll see yeah. the, um, they'll see how important that is to me and then, th and then watch the momentum build because it's just, it's so important to get into alignment. Number one, like yes. so, so, so important. So yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like my spouse, like this was when we we're just dating. Like he came into my life, as you know, right after my diagnosis, like, mm -hmm. like that was, a, I took that as a sign. I'm like, and he, like I always tell him, I'm like, I don't like hearing half the shit that you tell me. I don't like half the guidance that comes from your mouth, but I know that you care for me and yeah, not everything will sit well. And I don't always agree with everything, but bigger picture, you've always, he's always told me, get in alignment, get in alignment with what you value the most. Everything will fall into place. The moment you give your alignment to someone else outside of yourself or give that power away, that's when things fall apart. And he's like, when it comes to your health language, he would always tell me, try should not even be part of your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. He was just more like, I will get it done. I'm getting it done. Like he was always like, your body listens. And I sometimes say it back to him, but it's, yeah. it's been huge. It's yeah. been huge. Like people were surprised when they were like, oh, you have PCOS, but you conceive naturally. And I'm like, Yeah. I don't know if my second pregnancy will be like that, Lord willing. And I know with the right mechanisms and mindset and all of that, it will. But you have to, you owe it to yourself to try. Like I remember telling my OBGYN, I will go your route, but let me try my route first. If my way does not work, then I'll come here. That's fine. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to go the medical route yet. And it, you know, to take a stand in your business. And I think this goes again into branding and stuff your brand really is just your voice. Like your brand is essentially like the tone, like the energy that you exude, at least to me. So. Yeah. I, it's like one of the very, very, very first things that I do with my clients. Most yeah. of my clients are women who are in that launch phase of their business who are, are like decide, okay, I have all of these skill sets and I want to be a coach or I have all of these things and I want to be a photographer or what, I mean, it doesn't matter what your business is. Um, but the very, very first thing I do is take them through an exercise of identifying why they're in business aside yeah. from money, right? Like it's obviously like we're all in business to make money. Money is great. Money is a teammate of mine. I love money. I yeah. freaking love money, um, for so many reasons, but, uh, I, that's not why I'm in business my ethos, my why, the underlying conversation, the golden thread that ties through every single thing I do, every post I make, every podcast episode I push out, every con piece of content that I create for my email list or whatever it is, every speaking gig I have, every workshop I host, there is a golden thread. And that is to help women stand in their purpose on purpose. Right. That is to more, and that it, it wasn't always like so perfectly packaged like that. I've just yeah. said it enough times in different ways that it's like, yeah. oh, I'm just helping people get in purpose on purpose. Like, I want, I want more people. It doesn't matter. I don't care what job you are doing. I want you to stand in your truth and find fulfillment. And so, I might look like creating an external ecosystem and an internal ecosystem that supports that. So internal yeah. meaning mindset and stories and, uh, you know, all of the, the stuff, the inner workings of, um, your, your, your being, and then an external, uh, ecosystem, meaning like, how do you want to work? How many days do you want to work? What are the relationships that you have with your girlfriends? What are the relationships you have with your husband? What kind of food are you eating? All of these things. Yeah. So you get really clear on why you're doing business. And then you get really clear on what kind of life you want to live. And then you merge merge the two together and create a business plan from that space. Um, but it's like, if you don't know your why, which is 
ultimately going to be your brand yeah. voice, yeah. then people are going to just think you're in it for the money. Yep. And people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. That's ultimately why people buy into you as a brand. Like people could come by my program or buy whatever it is, but if they're not like, I want them to be like with me for life. Yeah. I want, I want them to be like, you know, like we, whether it's like, they're just commenting on my posts and I'm inspiring them in some certain way, or we're sharing content or whatever it is. Like I want them to be with me for life because I'm helping them get on their path and playing a small yeah. part in that. So yeah, I feel like, I feel like so many people are out there trying to just about the brand situation. It's like, I feel like so many people are out there trying to create a brand before they even have a business. Yeah. Like we feel like we need to have a, spend $5,000 on a perfect website or go out and get a fancy certification. And then it's like, yay, we're successful or, uh, put a perfect Instagram together. And I'm like, no, stop. All of that stuff is great. I didn't have a website until two years into my business. <laughs> Like every wow. single thing came to me word of mouth and that's how I wanted it. Everything came, like I just advertised on Facebook or yeah. you know Instagram and I would just do calls to action. Like, Hey, let's book a call if you're dealing with this, this, and this. So you don't have to have a website. I think it's a great exercise in figuring out what the container looks like for the transformation that you're pay taking people through and sales and business. Like I like to say, I, I work with heart centered businesses. Uh, quite honestly, if you're selling anything, doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what it is. You are delivering some sort of transformation. People, yeah. before they buy whatever it is, even if it's a widget, their life looks one way. And after they buy it, it solved some sort of problem for them. Yep. For them. So it's like, I, I love to really like make sure that people understand like, Hey, there is a transformation happening. And if you can get really clear on what that transformation is, and then put it on like the website is a great exercise for yeah. creating that clarity. Then like put a website together. My website was 350 bucks from go live HQ. It's Q it's oh, like awesome. And yeah. like they even have templates. Like I remember my first website ever was on, I mean, I'm still on Squarespace, but I used a Squarespace template because at yeah. that point I'm like, okay, like I don't have full clarity. I just had the photography going for me. Yeah. I knew that I want to do speaking. I knew that eventually I'm going to have a podcast and all of those, but all of that came together organically as I went mm -hmm. on. Yeah. And even up until I think two months ago, like I'm part of Sabrina's mastermind. I'm like, can I tell you, I blocked the name of this podcast on Instagram like two years ago. Like I blocked out this handle two years ago, but I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Like, just something told me like, you're going to use this one day. I just didn't know what. And now it's growing into this I'm going to have panels quarterly. I'm going to have the podcast. I have the coaching. I have the writing. And there's so many different things. Yeah. It just, yeah. you get clear on your ethos. Like I really got clear on my why. And I noticed the commonality, like even as an editor, so like some other stuff that I do is just editing and like writing coaching. Cause that just comes more naturally to me. It's what I went to school for. It's what I'm good at as well. And I realized the women that I was helping with their books, I'm like, okay, I'm still coaching you on self-worth. I'm still coaching you on your mindset. People that I work with or help entrepreneurs that I do their brand photography for, they're still holistic entrepreneurs. They're still women mm -hmm. or moms who want to have a business and who, I don't know, just want to express themselves like their inner warrior. Like they've been through something and they've transformed. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the golden thread that weaves my PCOS coaching along with the other stuff, along with the podcast. I'm like, okay, here it is. But I didn't get to this point right away in 2016. I had no clue what I was doing in 2016. Yeah. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm a lot more clear than I was three years ago. None of us do. And that's like the best yeah. part about it. Like that's, that's why when you asked earlier, what do you love about your business? I'm like, I love everything. I'm having yeah. so much fun because I sincerely look at it as there is no failure. Like I literally, like I live by John Maxwell's words. I have it like right, written up here <laughs> on my, on my whiteboard where it just says like you, you test it, you fail, then you learn, then you improve, then you yep. relaunch and you just test, fail, learn, improve, relaunch. And while you're doing it, the thing that actually creates the momentum to get the wheel spinning faster and faster and faster is your belief. Yeah. Is your belief about why or wh why you can or can't have it. So if you start to like test it and you're like, oh wow, I had a mastermind earlier in the year and I was like, okay, I'm really excited. I've been in masterminds. Like this is what I'm going to do. I launched it. I got six beautiful souls in there and it was like, I loved it the first couple weeks. Yeah. And then it was like, wait a second, something doesn't feel right. There's like, it, it, like it's too spacious. Like the way that I set this up, it needs, there needs to be more calls, these women. And I just started asking the questions of like, 
okay, wait, these women invested heavily in my mastermind yeah. and I want to deliver them results. Like I, I know the transformation I want to take them through and, and that's what I'm promising them. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm gifting them. That's what I am ensuring of this experience. And I want to stay true to my word. I want to have integrity with my word. And so I'm like, okay, half, literally halfway through, I'm like, you guys, I'm flipping this. Like we're, we're changing everything. Like this is not yeah. no longer a mastermind. This is now an academy. I'm going to open up some more spaces. I'm going to take you through my framework. We're going to have coaching calls and one-on-one calls and all of these things. And they were like, awesome, let's do it. Like they- yeah. They were like, yes, I feel seen and supported and heard. And that's ultimately like, okay, I could have sit there and said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I launched a mastermind and I just like totally failed and I didn't do it right. And I'm never going to do masterminds again because they're just not right for my client. And I'm like, they're just not right for me right now. They're just, it's just this, the, the, and, and the fact that I'm willing to lean into the feedback and say like, hmm. I don't feel good about where this is going. And I'm guessing if I don't feel good as the guide, these guys must be lost as F. And so, um, I'm like, I'm like there. So I've got to make a pivot. I've got to pivot. I've got to figure this out. I've got to do something. And so I just decided, I'm like, okay, we're going to switch it up. This is now an academy and this is what it looks like. And that's what we're doing. And the conversation in this group with these women is just so life-giving. And yeah. I'm using this as a way to inform the course that I'm going to have on my site, that evergreen course on how to launch a business and brand that truly lasts. And like, and so I'm just like, okay, every little bit of it is feedback. Every little thing that I'm doing is helping me inform what my next move is. Do I see the vision of me having sold out stadiums and events Yes, I do. And I have a big, big dreams and I know I'm going to get there, but I also know that I'm here to do a lifetime's work, not a season's work. So I will do it in a way that really, truly, number one, meets me where I'm at. I don't want to be selling out stadiums right now. I got three babies. Like I got three, my youngest just turned three. Like I'm in a season right now where I want to be present. You know, I want to be here. I want to be where my feet are. And so I'm, I'm down to get there, but I want some time. I want to do this right. And you know what? I have so much fun serving the shit out of these women and just being like, how can I show up for you today? Because those nine women are like, I mean, that's it. That's, that is like the, my life right now, because it's, if, if I can get the feedback from them and really figure out how I can create the change yeah. in their lives, I can take that feedback and that will inform how I create change on a massive scale. Yep. And because, you can make it even better the next round. And exactly. Next round. So, exactly. It's just like you just improve, improve, improve. And so if everyone could take life this way, relationships, like, yes. oh, I mean, it doesn't diet protocols, like whatever it is, like, okay, this worked for me. This didn't, this worked for me. This didn't, how can I improve? It's not failure. Just what is the feedback here? And so yep. if we can approach life this way. That's why I'm like, shit, I get to do whatever I want today. And I'm going to like use the feedback and be 1% better today than I was yesterday. Like even yesterday, I got so much stuff done in the first three hours of the day. I had two kids home, one sick and all the things. And I'm just like, you know, I'm going to plop myself in the office. I'm going to turn on the TV for them, let them watch YouTube and I'm going to get some stuff done. And I'm like, uh, afterwards I was like, wow, I'm a morning person. Like I just cranked (laughs) out three hours of work that I was trying to do work in the afternoon for so long. And I'm like, why is this not working? So it's literally like constantly asking yourself what is the feedback and being willing to hear the answer. Yeah, no, I love it. And like, that's, you know, just to kind of riff off of that, like the biggest thing for me, and I always like when people would ask me and like, I want to take this, like, cause a lot of my listeners are women with PCOS. Some of them have their own businesses. Some of them are starting out their own businesses or they even their health journeys. Like you take what works for you and you leave what doesn't work aside. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, like my diagnosis, I didn't look at it as a death sentence. That was the biggest shift that I had to make. Like right away, I was like, okay, so I have this, this doesn't have me. This is a part of me, but it's not me. I still have these dreams. How am I going to make this happen? Because before my diagnosis, I always, it's like Tanya 1.0 and then there's Tanya 2.0. Like I did not have boundaries. I mean, boundaries was a heavy work in progress. And I think it's always going to be like that for me. But I was on the go all the time. I didn't realize when I was burning out or I knew I was burning out, but I still keep going and going and going. And Mm -hmm. PCOS, after that diagnosis, I'm like, okay, I got to pull back. I got to switch my approach. 
the ambition, but a lot of people equated the pulling back to, oh, you don't, you just don't want to work anymore, or you just don't have ambition anymore, or you just don't want to push anymore. And I'm like, no, my ambition's still the same. My goals are still the same, like the vision that I have in my head. It's just the way I'm doing it is different. I have to do it in a way that works for me, my health, that works in alignment for my soul. Um, I've been operating on everyone else's protocol for so fucking long. Yeah. I now need to go and do what works for me. And it, the last seven or eight years have literally been like peeling an onion, like you peel mm-hmm. it off and peel it off. And yeah, that's what's been well, happening. And I think this is a perfect like thing, like thought to end on because yeah. like just remembering that like nothing in nature blooms all year long. Yep. And the more we can tune into what our own natural cycles are, like I have, I have moments of hustle. Like I'm really into aligning myself with the cycle of the moon right now, yeah. the cycle of my body and my hormones. I'm like eating for my hormones, like all of it. Like I am trying to amplify my awesomeness by any means yeah. necessary. Right. And so I feel like really tuning into nature and knowing like I'm going to have winters and I'm going to have springs and I'm going to have summers and I'm going to have falls. And so how can I allow that to feel super spacious and listen to that? So I'm not trying to have a summer in the middle of winter. Yeah. Like it's just, it just doesn't make sense. So <laughs> yeah, I love this conversation. I love it so much. I have chills so going on like the whole time when you're talking and like, I just, I love everything about this conversation and like your mind and your soul and your energy. Like it's just, you know, to the women in the audience, like if you are building a business, like Carrie, I know I'm going to go through one of your programs. Like I know that it's one of those things that it's going to happen. I'm like already putting myself in that space and any of you like go, go follow her, go. And, oh, thank you. you know, courses or programs to listen to her podcast. Like the amount of stuff that I learned by listening to your podcast <laughs> or like listening to like Lori and Chris Harder or like, Oh yeah. And, like, Amber Lillistrom, like I found her through your podcast. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm like, because I was listening to people that don't either were super, super young and don't have kids or not in the place of life that I want to be, or they're, you know, it's like, no, I got to start listening to people that are like where I want to be and yeah. that have that expertise, but are going through their own seasons. And it, there's a wealth of information. Yeah, totally. No, thank you for that. And yeah, if if you're the people that I love to work with the most are in that space of like, maybe you have like a shit ton of ideas and you're like, I don't know how to mold this into like a strategy, like a straight line plan. Um, who are super open to growth and, um, or, 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 or you already have a business and you're just stuck and you're like, well, it was working and now it's not. So yeah. I like to work with everyone and I don't have a one size fits all program or anything like that. Like everything is very customized to what your business is, who you are, how you want to show up. Um, and so yeah, all my, all my information will be in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at Carrie Keating, K-A-R-I-K-E-A-T-I-N-G or my website, carrie-keating.com. Um, I do workshops here in San Diego. I will be hosting a live big event sometime soon in the next year. <laughs> I have a podcast called the Work Hard Mom Hard Podcast. So I'm still trying to decide like, am I Carrie Keating brand or in like business coach or, or do I want to build off the Work Hard Mom Hard brand? So I'm still navigating that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've got some really exciting things coming down the pipeline um, later on this year. So yeah, I just, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Of course. And before you sign off, absolute last question that I ask yes. all my guests. Yes. And there's a little side project going on with that. But what does being a holistic warrior mean to you? Or what does it mean to live a holistic warrior life? Honoring every bit, Love every it. little piece, the good, the bad, the ugly, because none of it is, it's all perfect. Like, Love it like really honoring the, the sacred women who came before us and whether they did it right or wrong, they did it and they blazed this trail for us. And so honoring that, honoring those stories and those gifts and then, and just honoring me wholly. Love it. I love, love, love that. Thank you so much, Carrie, once again, for coming on the show. Um, it's been an honor. And I'm oh, just thank you. I have goosebumps going on, so I'm yeah. going to stop. <laughs> thank you. And thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Tanya Jane Marias-Baz, your host, and you've been listening to the Holistic Warrior Life podcast. You can follow us at The Holistic Warrior Life on Instagram and Facebook, 
And to learn more about our guests and the stories that we share on our podcast, or to learn more about our community, stay updated on any courses or programs we offer, or if you simply want to read up on our blog and stay in the loop about any upcoming events, please check us out online at www.theholisticwarriorlife.com or any of our social media channels. And if you haven't done so already, please head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you tune in for your daily dose of the Holistic Warrior Life and hit subscribe to the tribe, rate and leave us a review. Every rating and review means the world to us. It keeps us going and it gets us out in front of more warriors who need the soul food. It ensures that our message is heard and that more people are given the hope that they're not alone on their journey. I want to thank our guests for sharing their wisdom, their journey, their stories so unapologetically. You are inspiring our listeners more than you realize, so thank you for coming on to our show. And to our listeners, I want to thank each of you for tuning in week after week, for giving us the honor to speak life into you, to motivate you and inspire you, and to show you that you're not alone. That here at The Holistic Warrior Life, you always have a community who loves you and supports you no matter where you are in your journey. We hope you tune in next week. Until then, remember, dear warrior, you're braver than ever, wiser beyond your years, and are destined to thrive. So go live out your greatness. Go do it now because your time is now. So go get started. What you waiting for?